Welcome back to 3304 Podcast. Today we are giving you the ACC preview. I'm Duke Durand and I'm here with Connor Levinson and Caden DeSousa. How are you boys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here, ready to talk some basketball. How about you, Caden? I'm excited as well. I'm excited to get, hop right into it. All right, well, let's dive right into the number nine, number 10 matchup. Duke versus Kentucky just happened. Connor, what'd you think about it? Um, I mean, I thought it was an insane game. It was back and forth all game. Duke held on to the lead most of the game, but I think the biggest piece to take away was Duke's freshman just played outstanding. Trevor, Trevor Keel stopped dropping 25, Poncho with 22. It was just a great game for their freshman and exciting for the future. Caden? I mean, I'm excited. Um, it's really exciting to see, especially I've seen Paulo Bonchero saying he was NBA ready. Many broadcasters were saying Trevor Keel is just absolutely dominant. He was just attacking the paint all game long, and uh, Duke really did deserve to win in the end of the, at the end of it. So Yeah, and Duke just, just playing like the number one seed in the ACC right now, and then they're showing everyone why their, their incoming class was so good. Yeah, and this is Coach K's final ride, so you got to think the players are a little extra motivated, that legendary coach. You know, you can't go out on a losing season, but like you guys said, Paulo uh, Banchero getting lots of notice from NBA players and people just around the world saying he does look NBA ready and maybe an even potential number one pick, finishing with 22 points and seven rebounds, shooting seven for 11 from the field. He looked pretty good and he is putting him, himself in position for that number one pick, but someone who's going to try and stop Duke on their way to this fairy tale season with Coach K's last run is Florida State, and they had a strong start. Caden, you have anything to say about that? I mean, their coach, their coach Leonard Hamilton is 41-10 and 10 in, their, in his last three seasons coaching this Florida State team. They got some veteran presence there. Four veterans uh, came back to this team. A dominant win over the Ivy League school Penn with a 35-point win. Uh, Nothing much else to say, but I definitely think they can give a Duke give Duke a run for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even though it was Penn, any team put up 105 points in a game is pretty impressive. Um, pretty much almost all their bench players scored as well, which is good to see that they're just distributing the points around and doing a great job. Yeah, just a team effort. They had four real standouts, though. Malik Osborne, Anthony Polite, Raekwon Evans and Caleb Mills, they all put in work doing some bulk of the scoring. Each had at least 14 points. Malik Osborne with the double-double, though, he looked pretty special, and Florida definitely has a chance to make a run in the AC spot this year, and Anthony Polite's just getting warmed up. He's a player to watch. But I'd say we'll move on to another team that's looking to compete, maybe the top three teams. This could be a preview. UNC, but there's a new era on Chapel Hill. Caden, I know you have something to say about that. Well, Hubert Davis, uh, he spent uh, nine seasons, I believe, as the assistant coach from 2012-2021, take over the Roy Williams, legendary coach over there at UNC. That's a hard spot to fill right there. So um, many people have their doubts about him and his coaching abilities, but he's got a talented squad around him, you know, led by uh, forward Armando Bacot. Uh, they definitely have something going for them. Uh, definitely a little scary to see off the opener against Loyola. Only won by 14, but uh, they definitely produced with their guard play. Caleb Love had 22 points, led the way with the points, and uh, what do you think, Connor, about the game? Yeah, no, I, I think it, it was it was good to see them them win. Uh, I would like to see more dominant fashion, and I think it's a little nerve-wracking to see back on Davis with single-digit points in the first game of the season against a Loyola team that's not very good. Um, I, I want to see them produce more as the season goes on. And I, especially with the hype around them potentially being 
in competition with Duke for the number one seed in the ACC, uh, you got to see these guys. Those guys perform more than just eight and six points. So, yeah, I mean, like, I saw. Dawson Garcia, who was supposed to be the top transfer coming in, he didn't even get the start. Brady Manick, the transfer from Oklahoma, actually did yeah. get the start. They did end up playing the same amount of minutes, but uh, Brady Manick had 20 points. Dawson Garcia still had 12, almost had that double-double. But it's interesting to see going forward. What do you think, guys, uh, like who will get the starts coming up? Um, I'd, I'd like to see if, I mean, if Maddox going to keep performing, I want to see him keep starting. Uh, I think he'll deserve the spot if he keeps working for it. But I think if he starts to falter, it's time for him to take a seat on the bench. Duke? Yeah, Maddox keeping up a little bit. And, you know, a win's a win. And I think that this squad could be pretty fired up because they want to say, you know, Roy Williams is a great coach, but the players make the program. And they're fired up to have a new coach. They could be, could be going after it. And... You know, Caleb Love and Brady Manick, the dynamic duo, both dropping 20 points to leave those dogs in the dust. That was a, a solid start, and I think they're just going to gain more momentum as the season goes on because this is a fairly new team, and it is, again, a new era in Chapel Hill. But let's talk about some tragedy. We just talked about three bright spots in the AFC, I mean in the ACC, but UVA just fell to the Navy, and they're ranked number 25. Connor, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I watched this game and uh, just it, I was blown away just how poorly Virginia played. Um, but at the, on the other side of the, the field, Navy just absolutely blew them away, shooting 52% for three, which is just absolutely unheard of compared to UVA's 25%. Um, I, I just think Navy, uh, Navy stepped up and UVA didn't. And at the end of the day, they're going to obviously get dropped out of the top 25. And I just think it was just it was a really bad performance by them. And Navy, Navy didn't play much better, to be honest. They had 17 turnovers in the game, which is not good at all. And unfortunately, Virginia was not able to capitalize on that. And it was downhill from there, Caden. I mean, this Virginia team, we just got to be honest, it's not the same as it once was. Um, we know uh, Jason Williford, the coach, actually pointed out to the game, he said the team is a work in progress. He knows there has to be improvements here. Probably knows that they've lost lots of talent in the previous years and that with their youngsters who came in, they're going to have to step up and start producing. So Yeah, just they, they lost a lot of shooters the last couple of years, and they're just not the same team they were when they made that magical run. Yeah, but during that game, I definitely say Navy kind of outbodied them. They set the tone of physicality and played very good defense and started to score down low while UVA was playing more small ball, matter of fact. But Navy squad was able to get down low and score, and then they pushed it out and used their range to close out the game. But UVA definitely needs to get their rotations a little bit better. Reese Beekman was looking explosive as he put up a triple single in his debut, but it was a well-balanced stat line, but he got the second most minutes out of all the Cavaliers squad. I expect him to do better as the season goes on. And Kiki Clark did not live up to expectations as he put up 12 points in a feeble loss along with two assists. But enough about UVA. Let's talk about some some up the ladder in the ASC or down the ladder, matter of fact, as the Wake Forest Demon Deacons won their first game against uh, William and Mary. Caden, do you have any thoughts on that game? Wake Forest, well, I know you do. You've been hyping them up. What's your thoughts on them? Oh, straight back to me. You know I like Wake Forest. I think they're a sleeper in the ACC. Probably not going to finish too high. Maybe 
maybe just a little bit over top five, but I definitely think they aren't being talked about as much as they should. Alonde Williams scored 22 as Wake Forest topped Lemon Mary, and Jake LaRavia added 13 points and 14 steals. LaRavia was also really efficient, just like the whole Wake Forest team, because they like to share the ball, and that's why I think Wake Forest can actually have a solid year. Connor? I strongly disagree with that. Um, I think this was a disappointing performance for Wake Forest. I think they should have blown William & Mary out of the water. William & Mary is not a good basketball team at all in any way, shape, or form, and I think Wake Forest did just not perform at all. Wake Forest shot 30% from three, which is just unheard of, um, and they just they should have absolutely destroyed William & Mary, and they let them just keep coming back into the game, coming back into the game, and Williams put up 22, but he cannot keep carrying this team on his back. Everyone needs to produce, and they just they, they did not play their best, and I don't think that they're going to want to be a top-five team in the ACC. Kaden? I mean, I, I have to agree with Connor here, let's be honest. Um, I mean, it makes sense. It's expected. This Wake Forest team is young. They're in a rebuilding process right now. Um, it's still a good win against William & Mary. It's early on. You know, they're going to play some out-of-conference um, out opponents right now. Once they get into the ACC, we'll see what's up with the team. Yeah, a win is a win, though, and Wake Forest <laughs> is moving on 1-0, and just like several other great teams in the ACC. But enough about them, because they're going to have to show you guys later down the line. But Clemson, looking to have a strong start in their basketball program this year, as they won their first game. They beat Presbyterian 64-53. to Not the most convincing win, Caden, yeah. but... I mean, I, I don't even know the other school. I'm not trying to be uh, mean here, but um, Clemson... <sighs> I mean, they're kind of middle of the pack in the ACC, in my opinion. I don't know what they're going to do exactly. Kind of just like a wait and see. Uh, so, um, what do you think, Connor? Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it was, it was nice to see uh, Alamir Dawes get some get some minutes here. and He dropped 21 in 36 minutes, which is impressive. Um, I felt like Clemson could have made more of a statement win. They, they squeaked one out here. Um but I just think we're gonna have to want to like he said it's a wait and see team you know they're they're a little bit of work in progress middle of the pack ACC team and we're gonna just see as the season goes on what happens. Yeah, they look like they need a little bit more time to develop. But Elamir Dawes was shooting pretty solid from deep, four for nine, and he had a little bit of support from Hunter Tyson and David Collins as well, as they both dropped fourteen and added some threes to the Clemson Tigers total. But let's talk about the Hokies, as they made a strong statement in their opening game. Connor, I know you were at that game. Do you have any thoughts uh, on it? I was at that game, and, and the Hokies put up a dominant performance against a main team that they, they definitely should have blown out, and they did blow out. Uh, Mutz just absolutely dominated the paint, put up 15 points, but he just he was making anyone that was guarding him look silly. Um, they were they did a great job defensively. They Pretty much every possession they clamped down on Maine and where it's not letting them score at all. Uh, only only not-so-bright spot that I, I'd like to bring up is, is I want to see a little bit more from the grad transfer, Storm Murphy, only putting up five points. Uh, he was he was doing good at facilitating, um, but he just he didn't have the game he wanted to. He only shot twenty eight percent. He missed a couple wide open threes that he could have made, but I mean outside of that, it was it was just a statement win for the Hokies, Caden. I mean I have to agree. I thought also Keve Aluma was a bit disappointing. I know he only got eighteen minutes of play, did still have eight points in the game, but uh, wish see a little bit more out of him. But uh, obviously the team was carried by um, Justin Mutz and Nahim Aline for the most part, as both of them shot very well. And got to love Hunter Couture. Hunter Couture, five points, four rebounds, and five assists on the day. Uh, he had 31 minutes to play, the most minutes out of any Virginia Tech player. Um, should be interesting to see if he gets in the starting lineup. 
uh, throughout the rest yeah. of the season. So and with Aluma too, you know, being be so hyped up by ESPN coming into this season as one of the better players in the country, you know, we'd like to see him produce a little bit more. Hopefully, hopefully he'll get he'll show that he should deserve to get the start as the season goes on. Ken? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested because they went small ball, especially since they have. Lynn Kidd, who only got four minutes on the bench. He's a yep. Clemson transfer. He was supposed to be in the starting lineup. He's a six foot ten center. And I was interested to not see him get as many minutes in this game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there going forward. Yeah, I would just have to say for you guys, who do you think's the number one player in the squad right now? Who do you think's like I, I still think it's Kevin Aluma. Really? I, I also still think that, is. but uh, I think Mutz is making a good a good contention for that number one spot. Yeah, I mean, if you see someone like Mutz doing it all for you on both ends, though, you gotta kind of love it as a player because he was blocking shots, catching lobs, rebounding, assisting, and of course scoring because he put up double digits, leading them to that blowout win against Maine, but. Enough about that. That game was decided fairly early. But uh, the Syracuse Oranges started out with a solid, solid first start to the season as they destroyed the Lafayette Leopards, 97-63. to Connor, do you have any thoughts on that game? Uh, yeah, I, just, I think it was a, it was a, a dominant performance, and uh, they, they did really well like they were expected to. Um, I think this is a very underrated team that has a, a pretty good shot to, to make a deep run uh, in March Madness. Um, however, it was it was not not so much disappointing, but it was just tough to see that their bench just did not produce at all. Um, uh, Williams had twenty one points off the bench, uh, twenty one minutes off the bench, and only scored six points. However, the bright spot there was Beheim brothers, both putting up eighteen points and making a, another legacy in the Beheim family at Syracuse. Can... Totally agree. I mean, the Beheim brothers—they're going to be ones carrying the weight, especially Buddy Beheim after his shooting performance last March Madness. We know what he's going to do. Also got to talk about the double-double that Cole Switter produced for the Syracuse Orange. And um, it's it's great to see the Syracuse team. It was a convincing win against Lafayette. It's Lafayette, obviously. But um, excited to see what Syracuse can do moving forward. Yeah, so that's more of a middle-pack kind of bottom-of-the-barrel team we're looking at in the hey, ACC. But, but watch out for them because when March Madness comes around, we know what they can do. They can make a big Offensively, run. they're going to do something, I'm telling yep, you. They can make a big run. Uh, switching back to another not-so-bright spot, uh, Pitt losing to the Citadel. I was and, waiting for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think losing Justin Champagne to the NBA just absolutely killed killed them in scoring. Uh, Duke, what do you think of that? Uh, I didn't think Pitt had much to put out uh they're looking at a near last place finish obviously one of three teams to lose in the acc so far of course one team hasn't played and that's notre dame but just a disappointing start from pitt Caden, you have any thoughts on that? i mean there was a bright stuff for this pitt team i mean they did lose by 15 points but um Hughley. john hugley or is yeah. it hugley yeah john hugley had 27 points 10 rebounds so nice double double for him and 34 minutes of play as well as odukala who had 20 points in 36 minutes so those are two bright spots for the team but other than that i mean as you can see in the stat line no one put up more than six points for them and that's very concerning only had eight players who got more than 15 minutes uh, expect to see more from the other supporting cast. Yeah, so. absolutely. And and uh, I mean, to be honest, are we really surprised here? They were coming into this season with the worst recruiting class in the ACC, only having one commit and one transfer. Um, I mean, I, I, at least for me, I wasn't expecting anything big from them, but it's still disappointing to see them lose. 
definitely disappointing. And speaking of disappointing, we can move on to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, the third and final team that lost in the ACC this coming week. And it was a tough three-point loss to the Miami Redhawks. As Michael DeVoe fought for his life for Georgia Tech, though, putting up 26 points in 38 minutes. This is just a tough way to start your season for Georgia Tech. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, yeah it's just it's it's a it's a hard pill to swallow for them. Um, there was there was talk that they were going to potentially be a team that could be really good this year. Uh, they're also a young team, but it's just it's a tough pill to swallow. It wasn't like they were playing anyone that was bad though. I mean, Miami or Ohio is is not a bad team by any means. Uh, but yeah, just it was it was just a disappointing game for them. It really was. Yeah, I mean this Georgia Tech team last year had a really good shot to do something in March Madness. They lost two people to the NBA, and I mean based off our power rankings, we got them 13th in the ACC. And you know there's not much to expect from this squad here, um, but you'd hope they'd win games like this, uh, especially out of conference games. It's gonna especially make it tougher for them to you know maybe possibly find their way into the big tournament, um, especially with the hard ACC competition they got. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, moving on to a brighter spot, uh, Miami defeating uh, Kansasis by 10. Uh, it was a pretty pretty good game for Miami. Um, not really too many negatives. I'd like to shoot them, see them shoot better from three, though, only 29%. Uh, Duke, what are you thinking about this game? Um, it was definitely a odd type of game, but they came out on top against Kenius. Canvas. Yeah, I don't even know how to say that. It's a school yeah. I've never heard of before, which is crazy to think that, that they only lost by 10 to our Miami team, which, I mean, coming into the season, we were we were hoping it was going to be a, a pretty decent team in the ACC. Well, the win's a win. We can't get down on them for that because, you know, every game is different. Every game has a different flow. But Cameron McGusty, still able to produce. He went off for a double-double and 20 points. Not bad at all. Caden, I know you got something to say. I mean, I was going to speak on Cameron McGusty. It was a good performance by him, especially, uh, definitely. Um, 36 minutes, led the team in minutes. Had that double-double as well, 20 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, so that was great to see. Shot four, four for seven from the three-point range. Uh, so this Miami team, I'm looking to see more from them, but they got off to a good start, a W. Yeah, that's all they need. So. Uh, just one of the bigger disappointments, at least for me, was Isaiah Wong, who the sophomore out of New Jersey, who's – projected to be one of the better players on this team this year. He had 35 minutes, only putting up seven points, two rebounds, two assists. He shot 23%, uh, 27%, which is not good at all, uh, especially with the weight that he's carrying on his shoulders as being one of the better players on this Miami team. So I'd like to hopefully see in their next game against UCF that he just he produces more. What do you guys think about the, the transfer from DePaul, Charlie Moore? Yeah, uh, I actually was decently impressed with him putting up 13 points in 36 minutes. Um, he was able to uh, just facilitate a lot, and I think he performed, exceeded expectations, I think, um, especially being a transfer, you know, I was very impressed with him, Duke. Yeah, definitely a player to watch, and you want to see him get more involved as the season goes on. I think it only goes up from here, and this team definitely has room to grow throughout the season. Yeah, especially with only a 10-point win in their first game of the season. So it's only up from there. Uh, NC State uh, winning by 18 against Bucknell team, which was not very good again. Um, so I, I, I'm happy with NC State's performance. Um, I think they played pretty well. Uh, the only, at least for me, just I'd like to see potentially just not so much uh, a heavy offense, more of a better defense. I think they played that well defensively. Um, 
not not having too many blocks and steals. They actually had a decent amount of steals, I should say that. They had 13 steals, but they just I, I felt like uh, Bucknell was able to just kind of drive down and, and just score whatever they wanted to, especially going into a tie game at halftime. You don't really want to see that in your first game of the season. Yeah, and uh, Bucknell definitely set the tempo early, just coming out and started to dominate immediately. But NC State started to pull back, and, you know, they showed that resilience, and then in the second half they just kind of took off and outblasted Bucknell. But Jericho Halems puts up 22 points, and Terquavion Smith scores 20 points off the bench as a spark plug. That's a huge thing to have a good player coming off the bench. It can really just lift up your team as a whole. And then Manny Bates injured his shoulder, Caden. Yep. What do you have to say about that? It's pretty tough. I mean, that's concerning, especially for one of the players who's going to, you know, be a big part of this NC State team. Um, but Hayes came into the game, it looks like, for him, I believe. Am I right to say that? I believe, yeah. Um, so, you know, they had lots of players do some things. You know, 22 points from Holmes, as he said. Smith with 20. You got Sebron and Morcel also in the starting lineup, both the guards with 18 points and 13 points, respectively. And then Hayes to replace the spot with nine points. But it's just concerning. Hopefully he can come back. Do you guys know about yeah. uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to be back. They're looking that he's going to be out for the season with a shoulder injury. Yeah. Uh, only getting one minute, going for a loose ball, and it looks like he, he potentially is going to be shut down for the rest of the season, which is terrible. You don't really want to hear that for a guy like him, who was supposed to be a big leader on this team. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's not looking too good for him, especially being a junior, you know, one of the, the bigger guys on the team, being a leader, and it just it's not looking too hot. So where do you guys think NC State ranks in the ACC? What do you think they can do? Um, I, I think if he's done for the season, that, that drops them significantly. Um, I had them being, like, number seven, number eight around there, but I think that drops them down to at least 12 or 13. Totally agree. I mean, losing, losing a leader like that on the team is just it's not going to look good for them. Yeah, and the prognosis for today is he got a MRI November 10th, but around the program they said there's not a lot of optimism for Manny Bates, and they definitely think that he's going to need to get some surgery. That's what the cautious outlook is at least. So it's definitely going to hurt NC State. You know, first game always hurts to lose a player like that. Maybe it could light more of a fire. Maybe this season's for Manny, but... We'll see how NC State responds because it's not all based around a player, but losing someone like that who's a leader on your team, that just does extra damage. Yeah, I agree with that, absolutely. Totally agree. So I think we move on to Louisville now. Louisville got a 12-point win against Southern U, winning 72-60. to What are your thoughts, Connor? Uh, yeah, I think this was a really good performance for them. Um, they played really well. Uh, their starters didn't didn't put up as many points, which is surprising. They actually had Cross and Williamson off the bench, putting up fifteen and fourteen respectfully. Um, and this is a, this is a team that coming into this season we we thought was going to be a pretty decent team. Uh, they had a really good recruiting class this year, and uh, I just think that if they continue to play this way, they could potentially make a good run in the ACC. Duke. Yeah, they got a solid team. They need to work on their shooting from deep a little bit, shooting 7 for 28 from the three-point line. That's 25% on the season or in the first game at least. But, you know, if you want to win in college basketball, you need to get that that momentum, that passing, and you got to knock down those three-pointers. Yeah, I agree. I wish I could see a little more from Al Ellis, the four-star recruit out of Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, he got 17 minutes of play, but only put up six points, one rebound, three assists. I was expecting a bigger role for him. Um, but they had lots of players con- um, you know, get lots of minutes. They had 10 players with over 10 minutes, which is uh, good to see. You know, maybe they got a nice um, rotation there. 
Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see what Louisville can do. I do have them ranked around like that five, six spot in the ACC. I definitely think they can do something, but uh, we've got to see more. Yeah, it was nice to see uh, Matt Cross, the transfer, four-star transfer from Miami, doing well off the bench for them. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I see them around the, the four or five spot, and hopefully it only goes up for, from here for them. So with that, let's dive into the last, the last ACC game that we have not talked about, and that is Boston College, who defeated Dartmouth. 73 to 57. Um, they played, I think, better than most people expected them totally to. Um, and I, I just think that they they just absolutely dominated Dartmouth. And they kind of let them in there at the end of the game, but they were putting more of their bench players because they kind of knew this was going to be a blowout game. Duke, what do you think here? Yeah, I mean, Boston College just hired Charleston's Earl Grant as its next basketball coach. So that could be an outstanding move, and that could be just what this squad needs. But they're pegged by most people to finish on the lower tier, maybe even last in the ACC. So you definitely know this is a scrappy college team with a fire under them. And, you know, any given day, anything can happen. So this team just needs to keep fighting because no one expects too, too much of them. They won just two league games last year. But, you know, I always loved root for an underdog. So let's go Boston College. For sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, listen, the players are already talking about how much they love Earl Grant. Uh, they talked after the game that he was he was blasting music in the locker room and dancing with them, which is great to see that he's already got a good relationship with the players. Um, they they played well. Post had fourteen and Jones had twelve, um, and I just think it was a solid win for them. And we'll we'll see how they do the rest of the way. Hopefully, they can continue against Holy Cross uh, tomorrow. So Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things. You know, Charles Barkley says, even though he hasn't won a championship, you can't win if your coach doesn't have a good relationship with your best player or all your players. And, you know, for a coach to be blasting music in the locker room, celebrating a win with his guys after they're struggling last season, that just sounds like a great start for Boston College and, you know, a bright future for them, whether it's this year or next year. It's definitely coming. So you love I, to I mean, I, I just think it shows that they got nothing to lose. They know where they're at. They know they're in a rebuilding process. Stuff's on the up from here. They've already kind of hit that low. And I think that, you know, Boston College can play freely this year. You know, watch out. They can pull off some upsets this year because um, they got the vibes going, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So I think I think before we, we conclude here, let's let's touch on these upcoming games here for all the ACC teams and just get your guys' thoughts and opinions on, on what's coming up. So I think, I think to, to start off, we should definitely take a look at the Virginia Tech game against Navy. I think that's going to be a, a huge, huge game um, for them. I just, especially with Navy coming off of a, a loss here, uh, I mean, a win here against Virginia, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. I think it's going to be a really good game, Duke. Yeah, you know, Virginia Tech, they want to prove that they're superior to, superior to UVA at all times. So you see UVA drop that game, and they're in the top 25. You know Virginia Tech wants to come out, and they want to beat Navy. So I expect them to come out with some fire going away, too, to play yeah. Navy. That's going to be a tough one. But we got to see Aluma get more involved than... Hopefully, uh, Justin Mutz can keep up his swagger. We'll see what happens. Caden, you Totally agree. Thoughts? I mean, I don't have much else to say. I kind of want to move on to the Clemson-Wofford game. Very intrigued by that. Yes. I did see Wofford actually got a big win. You know, this Wofford team usually sneaks into the tournament, and they pull off some big things usually. I mean, Virginia Tech knows a lot about Wofford. You know, they got Mike Young, their current head coach for Virginia Tech. And um, Storm as well. Storm Murphy, true. Kevaluma, all these players. So they have some talent. Well, this Wofford team you definitely did. Um, and I still think they're producing that talent. 
Obviously, they played um, Bob Jones University. I mean, yeah. Uh, don't know much there, but they got a convincing win, and they're playing this Clemson team that didn't really get a convincing win. So. I could definitely see something going on there. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see some sort of upset getting pulled here. Um, they're playing at Clemson, which is playing in Clemson's favor, obviously. Uh, Warford's always a very underrated basketball team, so I could definitely see the upset getting pulled here. Um, let's move on to, to one of the easier games of the upcoming schedule is Virginia, who's coming off their loss against Navy, is playing Radford. Um, I, I think this is going to be an absolute blowout. Yeah, they're definitely going to bounce back, you know. Being angry after that tough loss has to put some more fuel in the fire, and then they got their star players, including the Boheme brothers, that are going to be wanting to go off. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Virginia is just going just gonna to take it to them. Um, I, think, I think another game that we could discuss quickly, I think another blowout is going to be number 19 North Carolina against Brown. Um, they don't sleep I, on the Ivy League school. No, yeah, they're at they're at North Carolina though, and I just I don't see any way that Brown wins this game. I totally agree with that. I have to say. Yeah. Same here. Um, maybe one of the one of the closer games potentially we could have is uh, Pittsburgh at West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia is a, pr- a pretty good basketball team. Uh, Pittsburgh obviously coming off the loss against the Citadel, and West Virginia coming off of a, a not very convincing win, um, seven point win against the Oakdale Golden Grizzlies. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's going to be a closer game than most people yeah, expect here. I mean, I'd be concerned for this Pitt team. West Virginia, we got to know, they got their coach still. They got Huggins. It's been a long time coach of that West Virginia team. Um, they've made multiple tournaments. And even though they're not the same as they once were, this Pitt team starting 0-1 after a 15-point loss to Citadel definitely has to be concerned against this. If they go 0-2, you know, they really got to get their things together. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it, most of the, for most of the rest of the ACC teams, you got you got easy wins. I think you got Notre Dame at CSU Northridge. I think that's an easy win for Notre Dame, NC State uh, and Colgate, Duke and Campbell. Uh, but I think one of the, the the more interesting games potentially is you got a, a UCF team playing at Miami. Um, I, I think this could be a, a close game as well. Uh, UCF is coming off a win. Uh, last week against RMU by ten, um, their starters played well. Uh, they're they're a very well rounded team, and I think they could give Miami a run for their money, especially with this this young team. Definitely, and then you got you know Wake Forest playing the Western Carolina Catamounts on Friday at seven thirty, and I think that game's just not even going to be close. I think the Demon Deacons are going to take control, put it away, and cruise to two and oh we know how much you love wake forest so i also agree with that though i just i don't see any way west carolina even stays in this game from the jump what do you guys think about the uh, florida state florida game it's uh coming up sunday I, november 14th i think that's going to be a good game i think it's gonna be better than most people expect uh f- this is a this is a chance for florida just to, to, to keep stepping on heads and keep making their way up uh ranked 20th in the country right now um as long as they keep winning i think they'll just keep moving up I mean, it's a rivalry there, and they're playing out Florida. So I definitely think something could brew there. But that Florida State team has proven over the past three years under Leonard Hamilton that uh, they're a consistent ball club, and they can uh, definitely um, do something this year. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Uh, Just a couple more games on the 14th. You got Boston College playing at home against Fairfield and Syracuse playing at home against Drexel. I think those are two easy wins for the ACC teams. And I think last game that we'll talk about is the uh, Louisville-Furman game. I don't see this, again, 
being anywhere close. Although Furman did put up 118 points in their in their first game of the season, which is a little scary. But this Louisville Louisville team, even though they're young, they have a great recruiting class that came in this year, and I, I just think they're gonna take care of business at home. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing this Furman team. I, either it was last year or the year before. Yeah, they were doing something early on, and don't exactly remember. I don't think they did make it to the big tournament, but. Um, yeah, no, they're good. Watch out there. Yeah, it could be. I think just being at Louisville is probably going to be a tougher test than they're mm-hmm. ready for. Uh, and then number nine Duke taking on Army at home is just another cruising win for an ACC team. Uh, I think out of all the games that are being upcoming played, is it's Virginia Tech at Navy. I think that's going to be the, the toughest matchup. I think Navy has a chance to give Virginia Tech a run for their money, and I think Tech is is going to go in there trying to make a statement. Totally agree. Definitely, that's probably the game of the week right now in the ACC for yeah, sure. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I just think uh, we'll see we'll see how things go for Virginia Tech, but uh, they they definitely have a chance to make a statement. Just one one last game before we wrap things up here. Farther down the road on uh, November sixteenth, we got number twenty five currently, who will no longer be Virginia, at number fifteen Houston, and I think this game is a chance for Virginia to say, hey, like we messed up against Navy, but we're, we're a legitimate contender. We're here to play. I definitely agree with that. This Houston team, they don't mess around. They have been in the past couple of years. They're always in the tournament, always make a big name for themselves. So we'll see what Virginia can do. That will be one of the few games right before they get into the ACC play. So uh, Yeah, I agree. And I, I think... I think Houston is is not as formidable as as it looks on paper. Uh, they they barely squeaked out a win over Hofstra, in their first game of the season. And I just, I think this this gives a, a the Virginia team a chance to get back into the top twenty five, um, especially if they if they just absolutely destroy Houston. Um, but it, it's all up to them, obviously, at the end of the day. So, anyone add any, any other points about ACC games coming up? Anything you want to bring up? Or I just think Houston's a solid team. And that that game's gonna be better than a lot of people think. It's gonna be a dogfight because Houston does not want to give up any ground. Being at 15 currently, just after squeaking out a win, and you know UVA is gonna be dropped out of the top 25, so they're gonna be coming as hard as they can because they want to be ranked. They want all of that, and just falling out after a really disappointing loss. You just have to think they're going to be fired up. Yeah, I agree. Totally. And one more piece before we wrap it up here, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask both you guys the same question. I'll start with you, Duke. After these first slate of games, who is your number one team in the ACC? It's really hard to not pick Duke, just because it's Coach K's last run and Paulo Banchero's looking like just a already an NBA player, said by most expert analysts yeah. and NBA players themselves. And I think that's. That's almost everyone's pick, so I'd have to say Duke. Caden? In terms of talent, you have to think Duke, uh, especially that freshman class that they got. But I'm going to go a little bold. I, I think this Florida State team, if I were to make a prediction, I think they're going to be finished as the number one team in the ACC. I love their coach, love their veteran players. I think they got something going on there they have for the past three years. So give me Florida State. I'm going to have to side with Duke here. I think Duke, their, their freshman class is just tearing it up right now, and I think they're going to end up at first overall in the ACC. And then my last question to both of you, and I'll start with Caden. Who is your sleeper pick? Who do you think right now in the ACC that is not being talked about has a chance to, you know, potentially make a run at the ACC championship or and or make a run in March Madness? I, gotta, I love to talk about Syracuse. I still want to talk about Syracuse. I know, like, considering the middle of the pack, but they got some offense here, the Bayheim brothers, you know, with their dad coaching, you know. They got some magic here. So, 
in terms of how they finish in the ACC this year, I think they'll squeak by and make it in to the tournament. But once they're in, I think that's where you're going to see the Syracuse team thrive. Uh, I kind of like Virginia Tech coming out with a statement game. I think they could actually be competitive this year. Interesting, it not just Wake Forest. On... <laughs> oh, you didn't let me get to my second oh, point. <laughs> I also think Wake Forest is going to make a run. Not as high as Virginia Tech, but I think they're going to surprise people because they're being slept on and they're a better basketball team than that. More of a mid-table team. They're kind of in the back right now. But I think Virginia Tech's also going to surprise people if they can you know, continue to play team basketball, have everyone help out in the scoring load because they got a few stars and the way they're playing is pretty solid right now. If they can just keep it up, you know, they could do some dangerous things. Yeah, I, I think uh, Virginia Tech is a very solid team, and if they keep playing as well defensively as they started off, uh, they, they have a chance to make a deep run into March Madness. And Syracuse as well. You know, every year they, they find a way to squeak in as that number 13 seed and just make a deep magical run, and that's that's the beauty of March Madness. So I, th- I think, obviously, once the uh, the conference play is finished up and March Madness starts, it, it's anyone's game as it always is. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to see more from Star Murphy. I know it's first game. Can't jump yeah, right no, into conclusions I, I right now. But, you know, he's an exciting player, and I think in order for the team to succeed, he's going to have to step up. Yeah, definitely. And um, especially when the ACC comes around, he's going to have to be big for them. Yeah, and with with Duke too. Just one last point on them. I think if if their freshmen just keep playing the way they are, they're they're unbeatable. I think they're they are just they're playing out of this world. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. So that was our ACC basketball preview at thirty three oh four Sports. I'm Duke Durans, and I just finished this podcast with Caden DeSosa and Connor Levinson. Thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.